Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services podcast studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson. And on this episode of In the House, we're actually starting a new series called Who's in the House? Stick around. Wow. First time hearing the new music. That was, have you, are you familiar with the theme song of Who's in the House? Um, I've heard oh, it a so few times. so you don't times. listen to the show. Oh. A nice, <laughs> nice, answer. Mike. Set me up. <laughs> I was wondering what the red button did. Yeah, so that early on when we first started doing the podcast, I would get through my little intro and then I knew that there was going to be music there and it just felt better for me to like make a pause, but it didn't feel good for any of the other guests because it was silent and I would just sit there and like kind of dance in my head or go, dun dun bop dun dun cha and do a little jig. Yeah. And then so that's what I would do to to fill the the gap there. But now so we, we introduced the button and it, it seems to work because everybody can kind of listen and hear what's going on. Okay. Now whether that particular music will stick around or not, I don't know, because Austin might change it. I but thought it was great. I did too. I so, thought it it went really well. We're thinking about you give me your opinion on this right okay. here. Okay. We're thinking about putting like some some words over the top of it like lyrics. So when that plays Who's in the house? 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 Like, you know, I don't know if that thoughts. I actually wouldn't be opposed to that. I think that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> don't use that. <laughs> I mean, as long as Mike did it, I think it worked yeah. out. We we I, we could do a new segment where you sing the theme song, like the uh, guest. You know, I like it the way that it is. Okay, it All does right. really good. <laughs> anyway, for those tuning in, you already know, or hopefully you already know, that in the house is a podcast. Would you hear my voice crack there? That was <clears throat> thought I was past that. Mm, okay. In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning, but we wanted to get to know the tradespeople, the men and women that work on those major systems in the house, and that's why we're calling this Who's in the House? It just happened to work out that way, so I don't know. Thoughts on the name? I, I haven't actually gotten feedback from people on the, the name. I think it makes sense. I like it. Who's okay. in the House? And then you could put the name as, a, as the episode. Boom. You're my favorite one-on-one guests so far man i know there's been some really stiff competition so that's quite the compliment mike thanks you are welcome uh it's mainly because you're so uh you have so many good things to say about the show (laughs) (laughs) anyway our first guest is actually an hvac service technician at any hour services Corey, welcome to the attic thanks a lot mike (laughs) so what do you think about the attic? What do you think about, uh, see, this is all kind of new and, and I've been thinking about switching some things up. And so when I'm like, welcome to the attic, I, I've thought like, you know, radio talk show hosts, they usually have like a name for their studio. Okay. Like, the one that I remember, like I used to listen to Jim Rohn when I was like, you know, doing new construction, we'd have it playing in the house. Um, and he, he was always like, welcome to the jungle. And that's what he called his little studio or whatever, his little world that he was operating in. And I was thinking, well, it's a house. And we went through a lot of different things. We were like, welcome to the family room. I, I like the attic better. I did it too. It flows a little more. I did too. You know, some others that we were playing around with, and I'm open to changing the name of it. So anyone listening, if you've got some ideas on what we should call the studio, we're open to it. But we were like, you know, welcome to the morgue. 
Attic still beats it. I, I think so. <laughs> uh, let's see. Welcome to the bonus room. Mm, that one's probably second best. Okay, okay. Welcome to the basement. It's not bad either. Welcome to the closet. Not cool at all. Welcome to the bathroom. Also not cool. Welcome to the shower. Eh, not cool. Okay. I'm, I, I wrote down the attic, and so I just wanted to make sure. Sarcophagus. <laughs> we also played around. Once we got onto the death theme, we were like, welcome to the sarcophagus. <laughs> I like that one better than uh, morgue. <laughs> yes, it, 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 is, it is better. Uh, anyway, we'll stick with attic for now. I like attic. Attic seems to flow the best. And you know what? Like, you know, looking at the wood and everything here, it feels more like an attic, I think, than anything. I think that's right. When you go up into the attic, you know, sometimes you'll have the plywood down mm-hmm. so you don't fall through the sheetrock. the plywood's there. True. You're like filling around through the insulation. And as long as those trusses are like spaced out the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone through an attic? Not one time. I've been in a lot of attics and there's been some close calls. Mm-hmm. You've had to, there's been some times where you really have to, you, you know, grapple on and kind of leap to the next mm-hmm. area. So it's, it's gets tricky. My least favorite attic. Actually, before we go to, we're, see, we're off the rails. Remember how I said we had an outline? We were going to like, you know, Mm -hmm. before we go too much further, why don't you introduce yourself to those listening, uh, how you would normally introduce yourself to anybody? Because you're introducing yourself to dozens of people, right? (laughs) Actually, hundreds. Okay. Go ahead. No pressure. And like we said, lives forever. So (sighs) posterity going to hear this so think great about how you know history um, will judge us for my how wife this actually goes. just watched my ride-along video I tried for the first time for the first time <laughs> <laughs> and i think of, she what kind of supportive wife is that i think it, well i didn't tell her we just we just got married like a couple oh, months okay. ago <laughs> and uh, i never told her i think we were dating when we did the ride-along uh-huh i think like early on and uh i never never said anything and she, it, I think it popped up on like her YouTube and she's like wait a second and so anyways she's like you're already famous yeah okay name like give so the people know who we're talking about okay so my name's Corey Toman I've been at any hour for almost three years in April nice and it's been great um it's that that's pretty much it I mean I'm I'm 34 years old okay I got blue eyes it's true. That's and that's that's it. See, see if this is a podcast for a lot of people listening. There, there's a video version. If you're watching, cool, thanks. Um, but not everyone on the podcast can really appreciate the blueness of your eyes. I feel it's just you know, knowing knowing the eyes gives you a little more in depth of who you're talking to. You know, there are those people that like they have blue eyes, but it re- the light has to be hitting it just right in order for it to be blue. And I mean, maybe it's the light here in the attic, but attics are notoriously bad for the lighting. Still see the blue. You know, I actually love attics. I'll work in an attic all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even in the summer. Even in summer. It beats the crawl space. Even in the summer. Yeah. Most people like the crawl spaces that I work with. Uh-huh. I'll trade attics all day. Why do you feel so strongly about attics versus crawl spaces? Crawl spaces are like dangerous right you go down there oh, okay and there's 
you, you got to watch drama on the first episode. You, you got to watch for spiders, <laughs> you know, like who knows what's going to be down there. There's things that can live down in the crawl space. Are there not also things that can live up in the attic? Not really. It's too hot. You've never heard of like uh, attic rats? Mm, don't no, don't really care for rats. Rats are rats are fine. I know you don't care for. Uh, wait, what? Yeah, we. You're can not co- worried about rats? No, nope, we can coexist. If they have a nest up there, I won't bother them. They let me fix the furnace. Like we have an understanding. I'm gonna have to agree with you that like I I spent uh, a few years installing satellite dishes, and when you'd have to run those lines under the crawl space, and I I've installed all over the country, and probably my uh, least favorite are were the crawl spaces in those uh, moist, humid areas like Idaho. Uh, mm-hmm. I was up there in Boise, and man, talk about the webs in those. Actually, I was I was on a job, and I don't know why I was with another technician, and I don't know why uh, the customer. I'm glad they told me, but they had a pet snake, and we show up and we're like doing our walk through, and then they're like, "Just so you know." my snake has gotten out of its cage and I don't love snakes same way. I don't love spiders. Um, and they're like, you know, snake has gotten out of its cage. We can't find it. We're looking. So, you know, if you find it, like, let us know. Cause you know, we'll be working close to baseboards and things like that. And I end up drawing the short straw and having to go down into the crawl space. And so go down to the crawl space. I'm doing my thing. And, uh, the guy that I was working with thought it would be funny cause the customer, I guess them, colluded together oh yeah and they got uh, a little rubber snake or whatever and put it at the the ba- like after i had gone into the crawl space and i'm like coming back they had put it right there where i would have to like cross paths and i i did not enjoy <laughs> that experience but uh okay so but this show's not about me <laughs> i'm gonna it's have to g- it's good to get a story myself. in once in a while right? mike uh okay so you so, so how old are you um I'm thir- I'm currently 34. Current. Oh, okay. Because somebody might I? be. How old? What? How old was I when? No, just I thought I said how old are you? Okay. Yeah. And you then did. you like hesitated, <laughs> and you're like, I'm currently 34. I was like, okay, that that makes sense. That's that is how <laughs> well, the I question you meant was. Maybe for- when the story was happening or something. I don't know. Which so, story? Uh, just the spiders, the crawl space, the attics. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, you did. You mentioned you you were married. How long you been married? Um, it's been like eight months. Now. Eight months. Mm-hmm. How'd you guys meet? Family dinner. Yeah, I know. Wait. Okay. This is, we need some context here. Yeah, because like, <laughs> how'd you meet your wife? Oh, family reunion. <laughs> yeah, similar. Okay. Well, let's let's hear about okay, this family okay. dinner. I I actually I told my boss this. He never lets it down. So I... Which, are you talking about Richard? Yeah, Richard. Oh, okay. Richard, the, my head boss, my direct head gotcha. boss. He's he's actually on In the House whenever we do those HVAC episodes, all the ones that you've watched. I mean, I know you know that. You know, I don't know if that shows the true colors of the boss. Well, yes, we do have conversations <laughs> before like, hey, let's keep this podcast friendly. Anyway, all right. So you told, you told Richard this story and you haven't lived it down. Yeah. I would also like to not let you live this down. Great. So share this story and everyone else. Let's listening. let everyone know. That's right. So we Wait, my, what's your wife's name? My wife's name's Carol. Carol, sorry, Carol. Here we go. She's like a hundred times better than me, just to throw it out there. Most wives are. So I uh my grandma, we went to dinner at my grandma's place and my cousins, they live across the street. 
this is already, I know where everyone's thinking this is going. <laughs> okay. So, um, we, my cousins are like, Hey, you know, the Tomans are over at grandma's house. Let's go, let's go hang out with them. And she was living with my cousin at the time. So, and she's cousins on the other side of my cousins. Right. So, you know, long relations, I guess. Okay. So she comes in. I didn't know like who she was. I'd never seen her before, which is weird because I've met all of her other siblings, all of them, except I think her and her older brother. That was it. And I knew her mom really well. She babysat me as a kid. She's actually from the town my dad grew up in, which is really, really small. It's called Cokeville, Wyoming. It's super small. So um, my, my dad actually is best friends with her two uncles. So a little bit weird the way it worked out, but it was, we started dating probably like two or three months after. My dad's best friends were her two uncles. So when we'd go to visit my grandma, which she lives like a few minutes outside of Cokeville, um, we'd spend a lot of time in Cokeville. So I knew her entire family, just never met her. And uh, I was thinking date her just because it was kind of too close. To, I mean, what if it didn't work out, Mike? Mm -hmm. It's It could be, you know. Be weird. Yeah. We don't want weird at all. Not, Not in the family. All. You know, we've, there's a lot of dinners. There's a lot of, it could be a lot of awkward situations. But this was the first time you've met her. So the chances like of you meeting her again, I'm sure both of you would like be like, ah, oh, this is weird. I don't think I'm going to go to this right? one. So we, we could have played the avoid game. Okay. Could have. And I'm, I'm you pretty, don't strike me as an avoider. I'm pretty good at it, Mike, despite you? what you think. Yeah. Ooh, a tricky avoider. One of my many talents. Okay. Let's go. So, um, we, I waited like months and she was, she would like have her cousins invite me to stuff, which I mean, I didn't spend a lot of time with those cousins more, more cause I'm antisocial, I think than anything. I kind of just, when I get home, I just want to do my own thing and stay in and go to sleep early, whatever. Antisocial has, I've learned over the years being someone who is, I've stopped calling myself antisocial cause it's a little aggressive and makes it sound like you, uh, you know, well, introvert is the word okay. that I, I go with nowadays because it's a little more gentle. It makes it sound like I can stand being around people if I have to, but my default mode is yes. to like, I, I turn inward. I don't need a lot of people to be satisfied. I'm not a social butterfly. Are, would you consider yourself an introvert? Oh, 100%. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. You're one of the most outgoing guys I think I've met here in well, Anyhow. <clears throat> That's that's because you see Mark Wilson. Let me tell you a little story about Mark Wilson. Okay. So my wife knows I'm an introvert. And a, the only reference that a lot of people, most people have to who I am as a human being is what they hear on the radio, what they see in the YouTube videos, what they see in the podcast. And I have to, I, I realize that like introvert Mike, Mike Wilson is not going to be the best representative the best person to communicate those things and so my wife mocks me and she's like oh that's mark wilson mark for marketing because i'm mm. over the marketing department and so anyway but yes i'm i'm an introvert i can play a character that's why i say like i i'm not like i can do this but that's not my default mode if you come up on me in the streets like <laughs> like you're gonna catch me off guard and i might be like hey <laughs> okay. So anyway, so yes, I'm, I'm super introverted. So that's why I, I can like relate so much to like when you're like, ah, I'm antisocial and like I, anyway, again, not the mic show, 
but but I, I get it. And so I was, would you would you say introvert I, is like? I think that's exactly because you know when I'm around people, a lot of times I enjoy it. I okay. enjoy meeting people. I enjoy like the you know working with the the HVAC team. It's awesome. I like seeing the guys. Um, I like hearing stories, things like that. But usually when I get home and people are like, hey, do you want to go out and like do this? I'm like, nope. I'm good. Yeah, I'm cool here. And a lot of people think like, I don't want to see them. That's not the case. Like they're actually great guys. I just, uh, it's just nice to, you have the time, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of relax, not have to worry about things. That's what I really enjoy. So let me ask you this as an introvert, mm -hmm. <clears throat> because I've felt this way when I was, you know, doing service calls and like in interacting with people at homes, I actually, I liked going into a house for a couple hours and like being able to, some people think like, oh, you just turn it on the charm, but like, no, I'm, I'm a nice person. It's just that like my relax isn't like, you know, naturally outgoing. And so I would like going in and visiting with the customers, helping them out. And it was like, I was, I was able to go in and scratch a little bit of the social itch without having the, cause for me as an introvert, what I don't love is the, the weight of more and more relationships. Because when I end up with a relationship, there's so much like emotional pressure that like, they're like, like, Oh man, Mike's such a nice guy. And then they start texting mm -hmm. and then they start calling and then they start this. And like, when I'm like radio silence, it's like, Oh, He's, he's not a nice guy. Yeah. They say other things. I would say other things if we weren't on the air, but <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying. And so like I can come across as a bit of a jerk, but I'm not a jerk. I just like don't have a whole lot of extra emotional bandwidth that I dole out to all of these people because I do take, you know, relationships seriously. Like I want to be able to like help people. But anyway, so I, I find myself keeping at a distance. And what I was going to say is like b being on the service calls, being able to go in and like have an intense you know, couple hour uh, engagement with a customer that was positive and things. But I felt like when I left, there wasn't still this like big emotional burden of like, oh, I've got a new best friend. Right. Let me snag your number. Right. right? So, so anyway, do you, do you kind of find yourself feeling that way or? Yeah. It's like, exactly. I mean, I, I enjoy it when I'm there. I yeah. enjoy getting to know them. Like people are really interesting. I want to find out what they do for work, you know, how that goes. Cause you know, people especially when you meet someone who's good at you know their career mm -hmm. it's interesting to talk to them like it's genuinely sure. awesome and you you usually will build a pretty good relationship being in someone's home yeah and but when i leave you know i unless they have a problem hopefully they don't have to see me again mm -hmm. you know coming to their house and fixing their stuff hopefully we they don't have to deal with that again but usually once i leave that's that's kind of it for the relationship but if i go back it's like hey like i remember them they're very memorable for sure it's like hey you remember me and you know we we still rekindle that that friendship that we kind of forged the first time yeah my wife is the opposite of me and i feel like sometimes as an introvert i get shamed by people that are like really social because they don't get it like that makes no sense to me this is how i operate and then all of a sudden i get labeled as like oh you're just weird as a person mm -hmm. like in your not everyone's <laughs> like that everyone else is like this and so like to come across other people so like for a long time i felt like oh well i'm just weird turns out i'm not weird it's just introverts aren't meeting each other because they don't want to <laughs> I, I can totally relate to all of that so uh, all right, so let's get back to you and and your story. Uh, married, how long? Remind me. 
It's been about eight months. Eight months. So no kids. Well, well we got one on the way. She she's wanted kids. Like we got I guess married. That was very like I should not have jumped to that conclusion. <laughs> no, After no, no, that no, question no. came out of my mouth, I was like, oh crap. <laughs> no, this is great, honestly, because she wanted kids. Right, we got married, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, let's take it easy. But again, I'm 34. Like. I'm getting, I'm getting up. Clock's there. ticking. Yeah, I gotta have some You're kids. An old man. So you gotta, you can't like be in a walker trying yeah. to play with your kids. Walker going to the graduation of their high school. They, Being in know. a scooter, like the little, mm-hmm. what are those zombie? Like whatever. You know what I'm talking about. I know, I know what you're talking about. What I'm are they called? Planning on to get one here. I want one. You know the little, the little old people scooters. Did he ever finish how he met his wife? Yeah, it was at the family reunion. Yeah. When he was introverted. When Did you, you were... like you didn't like end it. <laughs> we ended up going down introvert. I thought maybe you were distracted by this number right here and just didn't hear his ending. But we'll we'll go back. Mm-hmm. So Austin, Austin has a follow-up question. <laughs> okay. Well, how did it end, dude? So They got married. That's how it ended. Yeah. We got everything worked out. It's <laughs> got great. a baby on the way. <laughs> So we, uh, okay, okay, we're gonna we're gonna backtrack a little. So I met. Sorry, her. everyone listening. I'm like, I'm just. We just go all over the place. Sorry. How you end it? So we met at my grandma's place. Um, I wasn't gonna date her for a while, only because too really close to the family, and uh, and granted, like her entire uncles, aunts, everything, they know me. They know my family, and for me, as that kind of like introvert, like it's almost like kind of tough. I like. I like the less people know kind of the better. Cause I just feel like the relationship is still whatever you guys make it without any outside influence anyway. So I didn't want to jeopardize a lot of that stuff, but then we, we hung out for probably like two months, like here and there. And I think she, she was getting a little frustrated cause I, I was pretty aloof mm-hmm. <laughs> and my aunt's like, Hey, like, are you going to date her or, or what? Like she wants to date you. And I'm like, you think I should? And it was kind of like, Hey, do I have your permission? you know, because she lived with that aunt. Right. And, uh, and so I decided, you know what, I'll give it a shot. Like, you know, it's going great. Like I like her a lot. She's a great girl. I'd be super lucky. And we dated and I, I, I knew pretty quick that, you know, she was one that I could see myself marrying and, you know, being together for, you know, ever not having, we just didn't really argue that much. It was just a really easy, everything just fell into place. It never happened to me. And I'm old. Sure. So it worked out. We got married. She wanted to have kids like right off the bat. And me, I'm kind of like, you know what? Let's let's have a relationship for like two years. <laughs> and she kind of flipped the table. And uh, after about six months, I was like, okay, like let's just try. Didn't take too long at all. So she's we're like just past three months. Mm-hmm. So, well, congratulations. Thanks, Mike. Um, and Austin. See, I felt like, and I don't know if it's because like we're on the same wavelength, but I feel like I got that out of his story. Like, I feel like I, I, I got that. I mean, he alluded to it, but he didn't say, I wanted to hear the words from his mouth. I wanted him to, you know, put the cherry on top. Okay. The happy that's, ending. That's fair enough. Hey, you guys can just cut out whatever. No, no. <laughs> it's, so far, everything's good. It's all staying in. Um, okay. So what do you, what do you like to do to unwind? Like, we know you don't like going to the club going hanging out with people so what do you do to unwind yeah not much of a clubber myself but uh i don't know like i i'm i'm pretty content just relaxing doing anything and you know i think i think of when i'm at work it's work is really great like you know but when running to like seven eight o'clock every night kind of burns me out 
But sometimes I get home and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm not doing anything. I totally could have ran another call, another two calls. But it's just nice to get home and just... Dispatch is going to be listening to this. I was just kidding. That's They're going to remind you. There's no extra... <laughs> if I were dispatch, I'd be like, hey, Corey, yeah. I remember uh, well, on your episode, you said that you're not doing anything. Yeah, hopefully that... I know that's probably going to happen too. Um, you text but, me when it does. <laughs> yeah, but I'll get home and it'll be just... Look, I'm not doing anything. I'm watching a show that... I don't even know what I'm watching half the time. Like I just watch whatever the wife wants to most of the time. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while I'll pick something, but it's just nice to just relax, have some dinner. Mm-hmm. Dinner is always a good, good time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm okay falling asleep at nine o'clock, you know, yeah. or, or staying up with the wife and doing something, watching a sh- another show or really, I just don't do anything. Sure. But it's the time I look forward to every day. Yeah. Get to kind of decompress. Yeah. The day kind of. Prep, melts away prep for the calls the customers you know everything the next day yep i mean there's some there, there's some things that at the end of the day i'm like okay glad we got through that you know figuring mm-hmm. it out troubleshooting fixing it and then next day is going to be a whole nother ball game so it's nice to kind of mentally prepare and reset so what what do you do for fun or are those is your unwinding what you consider fun or do you kind of <laughs> separate those two things so i used to i used to be very almost like aggressively active, I would want to be doing something all the time. Now, I don't know if it's old age or what it is, but like decompressing is like when someone's like, hey, you going to go on vacation? It's like, ah, oh, yes, we're going to go travel. We're going to do this. Like, gosh, it's like a not even a break from work. I'm Whenever, <laughs> uh, whenever we go on vacations nowadays, actually it's been this way for a little while for me, but uh, my wife like wants to like make an agenda for like every day. And like, oh, we're going to go do this and we're going to go do this and we're going to do, what do you want to do? I'm like, I kind of just want to like chill out, yeah, like hang in the hotel, maybe go to the pool, like, you know, hop in the pool, cool off, lay in the chair, get hot again. I could do that. I could jump in the pool again yes. if I get too hot, you know, just kind of relaxing. And she wants to go and she's like, why did we even come to this place? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I came to this place because you wanted to come to this mm-hmm. place. And now I'm I'm glad because I actually have some older kids because now I can like make a deal and be like, look, I'll go on this excursion. But like, how about you and the kids go do this? And I'll just like jump in the pool, cool off. I'll get back on the chair, heat up a little bit. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just like you. Like if we if we vacation together, Mike, okay. I think it would go well. Our wives could go and do the excursions. Do, yeah. Do their thing. Yep. And like she's always wanting to do stuff and uh and I'm kind of I'm the same way. I'm cool just laying out, jumping in the pool once in a while, jumping out again. Is there an age difference? Is she the same age, younger than you? Minor. Older? Minor age difference. <laughs> the way you said that <laughs> makes it makes it sound like I'm thirty four, she's uh twenty two. Close. Really? Close. Way to go. <laughs> I, I mean I, the, the, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, and the older you get the less that age difference is going to seem. Yeah. I mean, she's, I act like I'm 21, like straight up. You just got finished telling the world that like, I go home and I just, I just lay in bed. I'm not as active. Maybe it's cause I'm old. And then you're like, I act like I'm 21. Well, <laughs> mentally I'm 21. Physically, Fair I like enough. to lay around. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, she's 22. Wasn't too far off. She's okay. 23. Okay. I might be 34. Okay. Maybe. Hey, 
we're going to get to a segment later on the show that says don't judge me and no judgment here okay that that's the that's the beauty of like people there's so much diversity and i love that's one of the things i'm gonna really enjoy about this show is like getting to know all the little nuances of people and i think that people like to like to know and this is a really safe this is a way this is the best way for an introvert to be introduced to everyone except that there's going to be a lot of people that like come up to you after they've listened to the show and be like Corey, i feel like we're kindred spirits <laughs> i also like whatever like to lay around right so you're gonna have so many people wanting to vacation with you and that's not gonna like that's gonna defeat the purpose at that point because mm. then you got a crew so uh <laughs> um <laughs> So, okay, hang on. So fun, you used to be, I'm trying to remember what you said, aggressively active. Going. So what would you do? What were these aggressive actions? Oh my actions? gosh. I, I, you know, we, I would just always be hanging around someone, doing something. We would have like pool days, like twice a week, we'd go to the pool for like five hours. And like there was, someone's pool or like the public pool? It was, it was like a community, like a private pool in like an HOA area. Mm. But I had some friends that there was probably 10 or 12 of us. And there'd be random people that we'd bring, you know, throughout sure. each time. We'd have like game night. We, we would just always be doing something, right? And, uh, and it was fun. Like if we weren't doing something, we were bored. And it's like, okay, what could we do, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't know if that was just, I think I was just a, time in your life where you don't have that much responsibility and it's just just fun you cool. kind of do whatever well i'm going to switch gears a little bit because one of the things i want to do on the show is hear about how people ended up in the trades okay and so i i can't ever remember as i was growing up anyone like when i was going through school and they'd have the career days or when they go around the class and say what do you want to be tommy when you grow up I personally can't remember like anyone ever saying plumber or electrician or HVAC tech. I didn't even know what an HVAC tech was when I was that young. Uh, You know, you'd hear doctor, lawyer, policeman, fireman, like those types of answers Mm -hmm. that they, you know, put in the little kids books. But um, I, I, so I'm fascinated by this and I want to go way back with you and we're going to just start like from a childhood and I'm going to walk you through the process and hopefully we figure out how you ended up as an HVAC technician. Is that fair? Let's do it. Okay. So where did you grow up? I heard you mention uh, Oakerville, Colville, somewhere where your dad, (laughs) Cokeville. 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 Cokeville, Wyoming. Cokeville, Wyoming. Tell us about Cokeville. So I didn't grow up in Cokeville. My grandparents lived there. Gotcha. I grew up in Alpine for the majority. Okay. And then a little bit in Spanish Fork, Salem area. So we kind of bounced around after, right as we got to about high school, we jumped to Spanish Fork area, Orem. I went to Orem for a year. So I've moved quite a bit. Okay. So talk to me about uh, your childhood and, and, you know, how was it as a youngster? Honestly, I had, it was just fun. Like, you know, I had good, great parents, um, always provided us with, you know, everything that we could ever want. And you don't realize how much maybe we took it for granted until you get older. And now you're a father and you're thinking, how am I going to, you know, be as good a father as my dad was, you know? So, but no, we, it was all about just playing with friends, sports, going to school. We, I had a great childhood. So 
a high school is is a, a defining moment for people like mm-hmm. when you think back of like growing up so much development and growth happens in high school so tell me and you sounds like you had several different high schools um why why did you guys move around so much so my parents actually separated when i was 12 so it was basically the tail end of sixth grade gotcha and then my mom moved to orem and i moved i lived with my mom for like a year and then maybe two years. And then I moved back with my father and, uh, and he still lived in Alpine, mm-hmm. but it was just like, that's where all my friends were. That's where everything was. And, uh, it was, it was fun. I mean, kind of just my father and I together. And sure. we, he kind of set some ground rules that kind of built our relationship really well as we went through. And I lived with him for another four years and then moved with my mom for a year in high school. That's when I went to Spanish Fork Salem. And, uh, then moved back with my dad and not just like play musical houses, but it was just like kind of just how it went with mm-hmm. my brothers and sister. I have three, two other brothers, one sister. And so, you know, going to school with them, hanging around them. It was just different once parents separated, but it was a good thing. Both my parents just kind of what needed to happen. Were you a good student? Like academically, how were you in high school? I was probably like a B. A B? I'm a B type of guy. Man, my parents would have loved me bringing home Bs. <laughs> you know, I should have done, it's just like, I. you know, it's weird. You look back and like school just wasn't really a priority, right? Like sure. you don't realize how important it is. And you know, my parents- Is they, it important? You know, I, I feel like it, it sets you up for um, just a preparatory s- steps- to take to be successful go to college things like that i should have taken my academic schooling a little bit more serious but i mean everyone probably says that i should have done better i should have taken it more seriously but i just like now like studying to me right now oh my gosh like it's it's like a handicap Mm. (laughs) so it's it's tough for me to really sit down and study a book so you wish you would have like develop those skills when you yeah. were in that time to develop it like i was a b because i wouldn't study i wouldn't do homework like if, if something was due it's like i'd get to class and be like well i got five minutes to do this before i got to turn it in unless it was a big project obviously i'd take care of those but usually like i wouldn't remember what i had to do until i got to class and i'm like oh yeah we got that quiz well let me skim this book real quick <laughs> <laughs> um you 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 mentioned and i don't remember if i don't know if this was like after high school but like you mentioned uh you know playing sports and things did you play sports or do extracurricular activities in high school yes i played i played a lot of basketball until high school and then it went more towards football mm-hmm. um and you know i probably should have played basketball everyone always says they should have could have would have but um i don't think i was good enough the basketball team was like they were really good like it was like another level and I was not on that level. Which, which high school team is this? That was another level Lone or Peak. any of the high schools that you went yeah, to? I, honestly, all of them. I don't know. Lone Peak was just, they were, I mean, I graduated 2005 and I think we were, we were at the tail end of a 4A and we moved to 5A. I'm pretty sure we should have been 5A mm-hmm. in 2005, but uh, I think it was 06 when they went, but um, they just like crushed everyone and everything we lost in football that year of course but we everything else they did really well but i remember playing with those guys and i knew day one i can't hang with these guys Mm. i it's funny uh 
that you mentioned basketball because looking at me now, you wouldn't think that I could play basketball. And looking at me back then, you would think I couldn't play basketball either. But in my head, man, I was so good. I was so good too. I was right on the verge. I went back and I read an old journal and I literally said, like, as part of my plans for my life, was like, it ended with, and play in the NBA. <laughs> I, I think I never that's did. really, really. There are no trading cards out there with Mike Wilson. Yeah. Doing a layup or, you know, dunking on somebody. I, I came to it pretty early that uh, NBA wasn't in my future. No, I was delusional <laughs> for a long time. I think a lot of kids, though, I mean, that's just kind of the way you go. I mean, it's going back to career day. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to be an astronaut. I want to do this. I want to, you know, and when you're that young, it's still a possibility. Sure. You can do it if you want. Yeah. Some people can. <laughs> it's, it's not for everyone. I, I don't think it was in the cards for me ever. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about career day, not not career day specifically, but when you were in high school, what did you see yourself being when you grew up? A jet fighter pilot. Nice. Like a hero. Yeah. I like that. Why did, like what turned you on to being a Top Gun, wasn't it? Oh, it, no, wait. Top it, Gun's maybe, maybe no, a little no, no, too no, old no. for Top nope, Gun. Nope, nope. I'm old. Okay. Top Gun was... Geez, when I was in grade school, like I could watch that every day. Oh man. Me and the friends, we would talk about it and it was, you know, but then you go to Ogden and you see those jets. Oh yeah. And you're like, this is my calling. This is what I should do. So true. I'm so geeked for like the new Top Gun to come out. The I'm, movie. I'm pretty hyped, but a lot of times when they make the sequels, it's like worse and they don't do it justice. So I'm crossing my fingers. As long as they've got some good like aerial dog fighting and like they, you know, I am, when it comes to movies and things, I am just like. I'm I'm not too judgmental. Like I'm like I'm just going to get lost in this. Yeah. I'm not I don't have like an entertainology podcast where I'm like having to analyze these things right. on a really deep level. I I'm like just that like, actually. Like I'm going to I'm going to start taking that more of an approach cuz when there's pressure on the line like for example, okay, I just digress a little. Mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast hands down my favorite animated movie by far. Okay. I won't watch the new one because I'm afraid you're afraid. I'm afraid because I'm going to analyze it so much because the other one was just so perfect the way it was set up. Mm. The new one with Emma Watson, I just I just can't. I started it one time, got about a minute in, and I was like- Started I just, having panic attacks. Yeah, yeah, sweats. That's right. Like, I, I can't do it. I can't do it, babe. I had to jet. I, Finish I, it without me. And people always talk about it. I'm like, no, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, your favorite song from Beauty and the Beast- uh, the beginning, of course, the intro, where it starts off, like, before they, like, actually go through the thing and they're showing the castle. I can't remember exactly. How's that song go? Nice. You're going to get me to... Not going to happen, Mike. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's just, like, instrumental. There's no lyrics to it. So you could hum it if you needed to. No, you couldn't do, do it. Do you walk around whistling it? Occasionally. Okay, let me hear a couple whistles. I, I knew this was going to come. I'll with you. You're not going to beat me into this, Mike. No, I'll whistle it with you once you, like... Like I, I need to like be, re- I literally, I'm really good with music. I just need to be reminded of how it goes. So like, how does it, how does it start? I'll tell you. Cause I'll, all I'm remembering is like her little song going through the, the, here, there goes the baker with right? the bread like all. So like, but I don't remember how, but wait, isn't that the opening song? She's that, like going through the village. It, it is, but that's right. Right. As it starts before there's like this intro story that talks about the witch and Ooh. the beast and all that stuff. And it's not really animated. It's more like pixels. Right. And they do it through the stained glass window. Yeah. I've seen this like 400 times. Yeah, you have. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it will. Uh, so it, what's the? I, I I still can't picture the music. I, I bet because like when you talk about the stained glass and stuff, right? I'm envisioning. I'm I'm envisioning like a kind of dark music and then the lady's voice coming over the top being like there was this and this happened you, and like that's pretty much it mike i think we covered it nice job but you said your favorite <laughs> song is the intro song like i don't remember like it's it's got to be catchier than that like it's it's pretty good i gotta say it's it's one of the better better song it's really short though which is lame and I tried to like find like a long version of it so I could, you know, repeat it in the car as I'm going to my HVAC calls. That's that's dedication. I'm dedicated. Wow. I'm a Beauty and the Beast fan to the core. So are you a, do you just like music? Like, are you a fan of like any type of musical movies or musical theater, Broadway? Um, To, to a point. Okay. Um, I, I can always appreciate good, you know, someone with a great voice, even if it's not really my style of music. I, when I see someone sing that can really sing, like I'm impressed. I don't even care what they're singing. It's just impressive to see what people can do. So as a 17 year old going to see beauty and the beast for the first time, your friends making fun of you. Like what? I'm just <laughs> suckers. They don't have any idea. No, but how old were you? Do you remember how old you were when, uh, um, when I, I think I was pretty young. I want to say, I don't think we saw it in theaters. I think okay. it was one of those, like we had the VHS from okay. like day one. Gotcha. And it was, Okay, when I was younger, yeah, here we I go. thought Belle was the cutest lady oh, ever. Oh man, yeah, there was, it is. Yeah, that 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 was that was the hook originally. I was hey, like, man, okay. she is so cute, okay. and it, cute's the right word. Okay, there's different. I I got you. I yeah. got you. So, I thought Ariel was cute. Ah, uh, she doesn't got anything on Belle. Sorry. That's look look. <laughs> don't judge me. Uh, okay, I, I'm fair enough. I mean, I can I can, I. All the Disney princesses look pretty much the same anyway. Like they just yeah. big eyes and big poofy hair. Like anyway. All right. So um, what have you thought about this? Like what was your emotional attachment to Beauty and the Beast? Um, It's uh, the storyline's just so good. You know, the, the way they set it up. You know, he's he starts off this terrible person and by the end he's willing to sacrifice like everything for, you know, almost like selfless. Mm -hmm. I think that was my favorite part about it. You know, and the way they set it up was just really, really well done. You know, Disney, Disney, some of the older Disney movies, they did a fantastic job, you know, and uh, from from everything to the music. But uh, just the way that one set up really got me as like a young kid understanding the story. And I caught it pretty early. And that's why I always thought like this one's just like it couldn't have been better. And I've always thought that. Okay. Well, we were talking about how you got into the trades okay. and we ended up on <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. So like in growing up, uh, we talked about your childhood. You weren't, uh, you were a B student. Mm -hmm. uh, you did sports, basketball. I'm, I'm walking myself back through how we took that U-turn onto Beauty and the Beast. Uh, so basketball, we talked about being delusional. Anyway, okay, so oh, career day. We were I, career again, day. I don't know how. I don't know how we ended up on Beauty and the a Beast. A lot of different careers. We can go any way we want, Mike. Oh, jet. Oh, that's how we did the it. Jet, jet fighter pilot. I was geeked for the new movie, and you didn't like Beauty. Okay, boom. There it is. I'm back with you. Okay, so, uh, but I am still excited to see Top Gun. Uh, okay, jet fighter pilot. Uh, why? Um, hero. Like you uh, said that, but like just like going fast, like 
yeah, it'd be so fun, you know. And I talked, I actually did an HVAC uh, job for uh, one of the guys who flies the pilots or the jets in Ogden. Mm. He has to do it, I think, like twice or three times a month because he's on like to do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know, he flies for Delta. I think it was Delta or Southwest. He flies for one of them. I think it was Delta. But uh, you know, I asked him. I said, "Hey, like, what's the difference between flying?" you know, these Delta, you know, commercial airlines versus a jet. And he's like, basically, it's like a sports car. You know, you drive a minivan most of the time, but every once in a while, you know, I get to jump into this, you know, Corvette and just race around. I'm like, gosh, that's I, I missed my calling. Like what? Okay. So you wanted to be a jet fighter pilot. You're not a jet fighter pilot. <laughs> I'm not. So talk to me about, uh, what was the next step? So you, you get done with high school, you go to college. I did a little bit of college. Um, and it was really hard. Like I was telling you before, like studying college, you got to study, you go mm -hmm. to school for four hours. You got to study for eight. That, that was tough for me. Not for you. And, it's not for uh, everybody. Yeah. I mean, and I should have just like bit the bullet and like finished, you know, but it got to a point where a friend offered me another job. Cause I was like, Hey, I need a summer job. And I ended up doing that. And it was kind of one of those things you fall into. And I feel like that's kind of like how the trades a lot of times go. That it's like, you know what? Like, I don't like doing this. I don't like doing this. I've tried this. You know, I'm going to try something with my hands. And for a lot of people, you know, growing up, like, you know, my grandparents lived in Cokeville. Well, outside of Cokeville on a ranch. And I loved going up there. I loved working with my hands, fixing the trucks and feeding the sheep and all that stuff. Like, it was just, I always just enjoyed it. It was fun even waking up early and going out to do some of the chores, it was rewarding. Mm -hmm. So, you know, working with my hands was never something that I shied away from. It was almost something I enjoyed and took pride in once you finished the job. So, um, so you go to college, what were you, what, what at the time, what did you think you were going to get a degree in? Um, I wanted to go into management, like business management, Okay. just because I liked working with people, like working with a team is really fun for me you know, working with guys and helping them on certain things and progressing. And that's actually one of the jobs that my friend offered is he said, Hey, why don't you come out and do this? It was basically like the Vivint technical installs long mm -hmm. time ago. And it was kind of new. Like I never even heard of it, but I'm like, Hey, I need a summer job. Sure. Let's do it. Went out. Well, okay. Pre previously <laughs> I had knocked doors for two years. Okay. So I wasn't unfamiliar Alarms, with the summer. pest control, uh, satellite. Like what were you selling? Pest control. Okay. And it, it wasn't bad. It was, it was tough. Hey, I sold alarms for a summer and then I actually ran uh, installs for okay. probably three years after that and ended up like running the entire installation. <laughs> Mike, me and you were like the same. We're the same. We are. I mean, I, I didn't marry my cousin, but I mean. Ah, touche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now uh, I got another Richard on my hands. That's funny. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I, you can take that out if you want to. I don't no, care. No, don't leave it in. Richard's going to love it. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay. So go back to uh, you. Go back. You sold uh, pest control for a couple of years. It was mm -hmm. tough. Then what happened? It was tough. I mean, I did pretty well still, but I, you know, at the end I realized it's like, you know what? Like I don't, I got to the point at the end of the summer where it's like, you know what? Like I, gosh, I just, I'm getting to the point where I just don't even care anymore. And that's when I knew like, this is pretty much it. So I, uh, I didn't want to do that anymore. Then my friend's like, well, why don't you come out and be a tech? Kind of like yourself. Man. So the same story. Yeah. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. And, uh, but instead of pest control, I went out for security. Yep. Right. And granted, like at this point, I don't know anything. Like mm -hmm. I am 
handicap. But yep. my friend, so it's like it's like a month into the summer, and my friend's office, the area that he is, they don't have enough text for the volume. So he's like, hey, we need more guys. If you guys know anyone, let me know. Like, let's recruit him. So he talks me into it, and he tells the guy, like the guy over all the text, he's like, no, he's been doing it for like four years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then his his uh, brother-in-law also works at corporate, and he's like, oh, yeah, four years. Like, you need him out there. Like, make sure that you offer him, like, really good. That's right. So I got paid, like, way better than I should have. And I go out there, and I can't tell them. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a dishonest guy at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's this elephant in the room, and I just want to spill my guts and be like, hey, this is a lie. You're like, uh, just so you I like know. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah, things like that. <laughs> So I, uh, I go out there and I'm nervous just because like, I can't blow their cover. They already lied for me. So now I got to perform. So I stayed up really late, like every night, just trying to study the programming, the wiring, all that stuff. And we were phone lines back then. Phone lines are tricky. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anyone says. Like when you're learning it for the first time, it's something else. Yep. And the way you had to wire, it was very, very particular in the security industry. So I, uh, I stayed up late and I would ride with all of the technicians because I was always the last one to get a job because I was the slowest and they needed the fast guys to finish so they could handle the volume. So I'd ride with all of them and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this, but I want you to show me this when you get to it. And they would kind of like bargain with me and be like, well, okay, fine, but you have to do this too. And then I'll show you my secrets kind of thing. And I said, okay, whatever. So it was, it was long days, long nights, but I loved it. It was so much fun. And I, uh, after about a month, I was like, okay, like I got a handle on this. And I loved the guys I worked with. They were all like funny. They were a little selfish, but we, we just had a blast. And they knew they, because they're like, oh, you're a four-year technician, huh? (laughs) And they all knew. Anyways, so a month in, this guy comes out. I know this is getting a little more. No, you're good. Bigger story. You're good. This guy comes out and he's there to shake the tree. Like there's some problems in the office and by golly, he's going to fix them by whatever he's got to do. So he fires the, like the head tech out there right fires our boss and we think like and i think i'm done for like this guy knows that i'm i'm a liar so he uh one day he's like hey can i talk to you for a second and i'm like oh gosh here it goes i'm just gonna come clean this is is my yeah i'm executed right and so he takes me to lunch and he's like hey like i want you to be the head tech we're gonna get rid of this guy and i want you to take his place and i'm like whoa like, and I fought him. I'm like, you have so many other options here. Like one of the guys, he's been doing it for like 12 years. Like he's a champion. And he's like, no, it's like, it's not what we're looking for. We need these certain things. None of the guys have it. So anyways, my friend's like, well, if you're my boss, I'm quitting. And I was like, well, we can't have that. So I just told him, hey, let's do it together. And we kind of like split the, the money a little more unevenly. <laughs> but uh, it worked out and I, it was a lot of fun. And we did really, really well. We got through the summer and then they wanted me to continue. And so that's, I fell into that and just did it for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, so I guess it was like nine. So you worked, were were they Vivint when you started or were they still Apex? It was actually not even Apex or it was another company, but it was pretty much the same thing. Just a lot smaller, Mm -hmm. which I like the smaller companies. It's a little more, I don't know, personal. Sure. So you worked for them, uh, managing, uh, were, were you, 
ahead tech over offices for for that long or did you like advance to a regional like what no that's the thing so i was i was uh i was just a head tech for about three years and then um we started we started our own company me and a couple of reps and uh it, it went good for like two. It was really rough for like two and a half years. Or three Started years. your own alarm company where you were doing sales and installs. Mm-hmm. So I was over the install portion um, and we had quite a few techs that would, you know, we, we'd be able to move around. Uh, but the reps, reps, you kind of got to rein them in Whew, so much. They'll be a little wild sometimes and they want to do some things that just don't make sense on the tech side. Yep. <laughs> As you can imagine. The, the, what, that's the thing that I learned because like, and you may have like uh, gotten this, especially starting in sales. That's that being in door to door. That's where I learned um, as a salesperson when I was selling, if the job didn't go in, it was always the tech's fault. Those dang techs. I tell you what. Then when I'm a technician, if the job doesn't go in, it's always the sales guy's fault. Those sales reps. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. tension back and forth. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it goes. And they were always at each other's throats, right? Yep. And I'm like this middle man. But yes. at the end, like we were able to make some sense of it. But still, like some of the calls and the decisions that the, uh, you know, my, my, I don't know, coworkers, partners in crime, what they would make. And I'm like thinking, like they wanted, after the first year, like they wanted to buy everyone like cruises and do it. And I was like, no, like we got to put money back into the company. Like we can't do this. Anyways, they made some pretty rough decisions. I just couldn't back. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how they treated even the reps, let alone the techs, like my, my techs that I'm fighting for. And so I just had to say, hey, I'm out. I'm out. You guys can just have it all. And we, were, we did pretty well after about the second year. And we all took a pay cut to like get it up and running. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't make sense. You know, customers weren't taken care of. I just can't back that. You know, you can't do an install and think to yourself, like, this isn't good for you. Like, in in a year, like, there's going to be no warranty. We won't even be in the state, probably. And, you know, to be able to get it serviced with how big we are, it's just not feasible. So So how did you transition from that to... um the or was was the next step to go into the HVAC industry or was there something in between that? So it was to go in the H that that was the next step just mm-hmm. because with everything happening, um, the industry was changing and reps were actually getting worse, uh, really harder to deal with. Techs were kind of um, being shoved around a little bit, and it's tough for me to to know that my guys aren't taken care of. So I just had to step out. And that's when Bridget, Bridget's my Mm sister-in-law, and she's always telling me, hey, you need to look at any hour. And she's been telling me since she started here. And I was always like, no, like I'm good where I'm at. I don't want to restart. And then um, one day, like things went south at work with uh, upper management. And I thought like, if I can't support my management, like how can I do a good job, Mm -hmm. right? So that's when like I saw Bridget, we went to dinner and uh, I was like, you know what? I'm ready to make the change. Like, it's never sounded better to work at any hour. I'm, I don't care what I even I do. Like, I'll be drains, plumbing, whatever they need. I just need to get out of where I'm at. I don't care what the pay cut is. And so I applied. Lincoln interviewed me. We took a tour. And that's when I realized I, I came in a little cocky, Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're probably the only one that's ever done that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the red in me. But no, so I, I took a tour and, you know, going through everything, I realized any hour it was a exceptionally well-run company and I'd be lucky to be a part of it. That's when I realized 
And, uh, and once I got hired on, I rode with Mark Ridge and I, at that point, like, you know, and I felt like I've been a tech for nine years into people's homes in and out. You kind of understood a basic understanding of my own service system, but seeing Mark Rich work was humbling because I realized like, man, I'm actually not good as I thought with customers, mm -hmm. you know, and the service system learning what any hour does for all our customers. It was like eye opening, but also exciting because I felt like this is exactly how every customer service place needs to run it. And so I believed in the service system from like day one, you know, the humbling part was a little, a little tough to swallow because genuinely, not only am I restarting in a new field, but now I have to, I have to hone in my skills and get better with customer service. It was like also restarting with that. So, I mean, I did have a leg up as far as coming in totally blind, but still, you know, relearning stuff, getting past my own issues, um, learning something was it was tough, but it was best decision. It was a pay cut too, mm -hmm. but I mean, I needed to settle down. I couldn't travel anymore. Like I want a family. I needed to get married. I was old already. And I, I really felt like I had wasted a lot of years of my life, not investing into a great company with a, a very bright future. Mm -hmm. So that's the main reason I came to any hour. And, you know, luckily they re recommended HVAC to me like, Hey, this is what we want you to do. Cause it was, it was the right move. I've been really happy at HVAC. How was the, uh, how was the learning curve with, uh, HVAC? Um, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It was, uh, there was things here and there and I still get stuck sometimes, but it's great that I have the support system of any hour. I can call a ton of texts that will, you know, are totally equipped to handle any questions without even seeing the furnace or mm -hmm. whatever I'm working on which is nice, but there's always stuff that I'm constantly trying to learn. There's never been a relaxed moment to think that I don't have stuff to, to work on or to understand. What, um, when you came in, you'd heard Bridget talking about it for a long time. You do the tour, you, you come in and you're like, Oh, there's this picture that's painted for you. Uh, talk to me. How, how was it different than what you expected coming into it? Because now, um, now you've been here, curtains pulled back, you see, you know, both sides of everything. Like, how, how was it different than what you expected? I think I didn't understand the process any hour has. Um, I, you know, hearing Bridget talk about it, Bridget, Bridget can talk, right? But Bridget's very like, you know, it's all about other people with Bridget. She's very service oriented. Mm -hmm. So she didn't, she didn't take this big... I work for this great company. You know, there was never this selfish, prideful endeavor of who she works for. So that's why coming in, and honestly, a part of me only knew Wyatt's vision. Mm -hmm. I knew how Wyatt was because she works with them very closely. And she'd give me examples about, you know, maybe tough decisions that he had made in the past for the benefit of the company. And I said, you know, and especially working with the guys that I did start in this other company, I just thought, you know, being in a position of running a company and being able to make that decision, that defines a great leader that, you know, I would work hard for. So that was the initial reason why I came in to interview, but uh, not understanding really how good the company was that Bridget worked for. And then, you know, peeling back those curtains and they're showing me their processes and exactly how they do it. And me being in a position to run a tech side of a company, um, really open my eyes to inventory, you know, inventory management, you know, service system alone was very well done as far as this is our goal to take care of our customers. 
Like even that alone amazed me because to get to that point in a company is extremely difficult even to understand, let alone execute. Mm -hmm. And then meeting some of the guys, you know, writing with Mark Rich, meeting some of the other HVAC guys, I realized this isn't just Mark Rich. Like this is all of their technicians. And, you know, being, you know, hiring my own technicians and trying to find the right qualities for the guy who's going to be responsible, it is, is very, very hard to find good help these days. And any hour has hired, like I can't think of one guy that I even work with that I, it wouldn't be a privilege to work with them side by side. Mm -hmm. um, what, are, what are some of the hardest aspects of, of your job as a, as a HVAC service tech? Mm, I think, I mean, we see a lot of different systems. We work on a lot of different parts um, and there, there's, there's weird things that just happen. And sometimes, you know, even, even me not seeing it, there'd be times where some of the you know, veteran techs would be like, well, I've never even seen that before but let's start here. Let's troubleshoot it. And it may take us quite a few hours to troubleshoot. And I think the biggest, the hardest part is knowing, am I going to be able to take care of this customer? Can I fix this issue? And because you'll get six hours into a, a problem and it's still like, there's no confidence, like nothing's working. You know, you're troubleshooting, trying to eliminate problems. And finally, when you get to that one thing <laughs> and you find out what it is, um, I think that is the toughest part is just trying to troubleshoot some of the harder issues that you just, you lack the confidence because nothing's really working, but you know, just keep moving forward. I think is the only, what's your, what's your favorite aspect of the job? Like the, the best parts for you. Um, I actually, as much as it's tough troubleshooting, I actually like it. You know, it goes back to, you know, facing a challenge, getting over it. And then, seeing the reward of being able to take care of the customer, you know, telling them, Hey, this is what the issue was. This is what we can do to fix it. You know, going through the, that thing and seeing the customer as, you know, solving their problem. Cause I mean, especially when it's furnace, everyone needs heat, you know, comfort AC, uh, they're big things once you get them working. So that's probably the, the best part about the job. Yeah. It's always good to, I always liked that. Um, that feeling of going in and you're there obviously because this person has no clue how to like take care of it themselves and they're trusting you to like figure it out. And then when you go in and sometimes, you know, sometimes you make it look easy and like, you know, it, you just, they're so grateful for, you know, the fact that you have, um, dedicated your life to figuring those types of things out. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a really cool, cool feeling. Um, what would you say to somebody thinking about like going into the trades, um, you know, thinking about getting into it or maybe they're weighing their options? What, what would you, what would advice would you have for them? Um, well, I think there's, there's, there's a couple key things that really affect someone coming into the industry. Um, cause the industry, you know, you're always going to, I think, get that pride in yourself. If you have the right attitude of being able to take care of customers, fix problems, um, but I, 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 this may be a little bit biased, but I sincerely think that the company you work for is going to have a massive impact on, um, how your career goes, um, your outlook on it, you know, what basically everything to do with your future and your career and your attitude. Um, you know, working for, for previous companies doing what I used to do and, and feeling like you're not taken care of, you know, it's. It's go, it goes back to if I don't trust my management, 
Like, how can I work my hardest and take care of my customers if I already have a bad attitude or I don't trust the company I work for? It totally changes your entire outlook on your current career. And you feel like, hey, going into this was a bad move. You know, like there was, I actually just did a job maybe a week ago. A blower motor went out and uh, it was a landlord-tenant situation, but the tenants were related to the landlord. It was like an uncle or a grandpa or something. And uh, the guy that was that was there, it was, a, it was a kid and he had just signed up for HVAC school like days before. And he was wanting to see what was going on and asking me advice. And the only thing that I could really give him was, you know, you want to find a good company that you trust, that you work for. And uh, he wanted to get through school, you know, but I, I, I wanted him to know like that's going to have a gigantic impact on how your career goes, what, who you invest in. Because, I mean, it's a two-way street. You invest into the company you work for, they invest into you, and hopefully he, you know, applies it anyhow. <laughs> so how, if someone is looking um, at getting into a trade and your advice is to like be wise with the company that you choose, um, how does someone like choose the right one? Like, do you have any advice of like what to look for, what to look, what to both ways, what to look for good and what signs of like, ah, you might want to stay away from this. Um, I think it's tough going from the outside in mm -hmm. because like me, I didn't, I didn't understand all the aspects of, of any hour. The, the only thing that drew me to any hour was what I understood about, you know, things that Bridget would say. And they were just things like, you know, she'd be surprised of things that, you know, why it would do for the company. And she'd just say, you know, I just, I just don't understand this. Or he's just a, a good guy making, sacrificing for, you know, his employees. And any company owner who's willing to sacrifice for his employees rather than over money, I think that is the biggest tell. Money will get everyone, right? Everyone wants to make money. But I feel like, for one, if you go to a company like that that uh, values money over anything else, your customers aren't taken care of right? Because it, it, the customer never comes first. It's always the money or the job or what, whatever. And you need someone as a leader to value their, their employees, their people. And I'm not saying like any hours, the only, the only company, I'm sure there's a bunch of companies out there. Granted, they are tough to find because they'll, they'll always tell you, especially coming from the security industry, recruiters will tell you whatever to get you to come over. You know, they'll always promise you the world because they want you to work for them. They want your hard work. They want you to invest into them. You know, and guys get 10 years into the industry. It's like, well, I can't switch companies now. I can't start at the bottom. Mm -hmm. I can't trust someone else. What if it ends up the same way? So a lot of people build a resentment in their industry based on the company or how they were treated as, as a whole. And, you know, I, I think more often than not, you're going to work for the companies that aren't, that don't make the right decisions at the hard times. And you know, I've searched for it for years. I don't care what I got to do, but I need to work for management that I trust, that I respect, that I know has my best, best interest at heart so that I can progress so that I can, you know, be happy when I go home to my family. Mm -hmm. So that was, it, it's, it's tough to find. And I don't really have a perfect formula to say, Hey, this is what you need to look for. That's up to you to discern when you go in for an interview to ask the hard questions you know, ask certain protocols that, you know, you know, Hey, what about how do your warranties work? You know, like ask these questions that really don't make sense for a company to, because they're, they'll lose money. 
mm-hmm. they if they do warranties, if they are aggressive at them to make sure customers are taken care of. And then you can't risk sticking around if they're making those bad decisions. You can't waste your time. You can't continue to invest into a company that's doing that. That's like the, probably the one thing that I would say when someone's starting out. You mm-hmm. need to make sure that whoever you're working for is taking care of you and going to advance your career to make you a better technician. Well, that's one of the things here, you know, our first core value is win, 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 you know, all that you've got the customer that's got to win, the employee's got to win, and the company has to be able to provide those wins uh, and still make profit so that they can reinvest in the business. And so, uh, you know, if, if those three aren't winning, like it's just, it's Brett, our trainer uses the stool analogy, you know, a three-legged stool. If one of those things aren't working, it's just not a stable foundation. And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, I, as you were talking, you were like, you know, when you go into the interview, ask the hard questions, I think it would be worth like getting with some guys, some technicians and be like, what are those questions? Like make a sheet and like put it out there in the world. Like, Hey, you getting, you want to go interview with a company, ask these questions right. and like put the company on the spot and see how they answer them so that you can, you know, have a better yeah, like I, I, you know, a lot of people are nervous about interviews. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I don't want to interview for this job because I don't want to feel like I'm not good enough. Like interviews are a two-way street. Yeah. Like I'm interviewing to know, are you worth my investment? I'm investing my life to you. I'm investing, dedicating, getting up every morning at, you know, 5 a.m. to make sure that I can be on your job, responsible, ready to perform, right? But in turn, these are the things that I need to be able to know that my investment is worth it. So like I did the same thing coming at any hour. I interviewed with Jeremy, you know, I asked him some questions and you know, I, it's not, it's not an intimidating factor, you know, interviewing with people because you know, you need to make sure that you're not wasting your time at all. So what does your future look like in the trades? Like when you look forward five, 10 years, like what, what do you see yourself doing? Um, say it it's okay this is a safe place i mean no one's no one's listening yeah this is just me and you mike just me and you um you know i with any hour i i don't have a fear that i won't progress in anything and any hour may even offer me things that i i don't even have it's not even on the radar for me maybe i don't think i'm good enough maybe i don't feel ready things like that but if I know that any hour is going to make the call to be like, you know what, Corey would be perfect for this position or we can promote him to do this thing or take on more responsibility in the HVAC tech world, you know, for any hour, like whatever it is, there's no doubt that for me, any hour is going to rapidly progress. Like they already, I look at their history, you know, the, the, all of everything's there to promote that. And if you have a company growing like any hour, like they're going to need people to step up, you know, to take more responsibility, take a higher role, whatever that is. And I, 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 I don't really have a plan to say, hey, this is where I want to be in five years, but I fully trust any hour to know that in five years, I'm going to be farther along with any hour than any other company. And it's kind of like coming in and I said, hey, I'll do whatever you want. Where do you think I'll do well at? Right. And that's when they said HVAC, it's the same thing to say, Hey, where do you want me in five years? That's what I'll work towards, you know, because I trust the company enough to know that they have my best interests at heart. So I'm fine with whatever I end up having to do. I'm I'm pretty easygoing Mm -hmm. if I know I'm taken care of and I've been more than taken care of at any hour. 
Sweet. Well, um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap. We're gonna this coming to the end of the show. Had a great conversation. Is there anything that you want to say as we're wrapping up? I don't know. I I mean, did we cover everything we need to know about Corey? There, it sounds like we're just scratching the surface because I could have taken a whole lot more tangents. Uh, we could dive a whole lot further into your movie preferences, go deeper into the musical side of things. Mm-hmm. I think there's other things that we could connect on, but we'll we'll save those for you know the follow up, the to be continued. Okay, but I didn't know if you wanted to like give shout out to anybody. I, do you know? Um, do you know what you're having yet? You're three months. I, oh. This is how oblivious I am. I don't know if you know the the gender of the baby at three months or not. Um, we're not supposed to, but uh, at 17 weeks, I think you can. It's like a three or four week earlier thing. And my wife fought tooth and nail to to make sure that she knew. <laughs> so we ended up paying the extra to find out what the gender was. Gotcha. What? I was kind of like, hey, we can wait. It's not a big deal. But anyways, it's a boy. Nice. Yeah. And I think ulti- like her, her family really wanted a boy. Her dad wanted to have a grandson. So it's we're pretty happy with it being a boy. Uh, do you have a name picked out yet? No. No. We've argued a little bit, but Ooh. I haven't. I mean, she wants like weird names like Rhett, like... I, sorry for anyone listening whose name's Rhett. Thomas Rhett. <laughs> Rhett's the last name now in my head because of Thomas Rhett. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Rhett. What Rhett, else? Rhett. Um, she likes Sawyer. Sawyer. Tom. Sawyer. Well, she got a thing for last names, for I, first names, right? I don't know. All right. Keep w- going. What do you think of Sawyer, Mike? What do I think of Sawyer? Yeah. Um, actually, because I watched too much TV, uh, wasn't there a character Lost? on Lost yeah. named Sawyer? That's what I think, too. Well, he was kind of a dirtbag in the beginning. He was like that, you know, the the guy that people didn't like. But like as it went on, like, you know, he was a cool dude. I looked at Sawyer and I was like, wish I was a little bit more like Sawyer. Yeah. Think think people would dig me. You know, out of all the names, that one's the one that I don't hate. Okay. So I I just, I I can't. What are some others? What are your ideas? I don't really have any very good ideas. <laughs> I've like so I don't, you guys are still open to suggestions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what, what do you got? Everyone listening, boy names. Do you have any parameters? Um, I don't want anything like really basic, and and not like you know like Corey. That's a basic name. That's you know super basic. Yeah, all Corys are dumb. Yeah, yeah. Johns. No John. offense, John. I like the Johns that I work with, but they're just kind of you know basic i i want something a little john different. is so basic right that when they can't identify someone what do they call him john doe uh-huh mm-hmm. yep keep going <laughs> so i don't i don't know i've brainstormed a lot okay but i i can't think of anything that i want to call my son for the next you know do you, 70 years do you think about um like well what are what are the ways that he's that his his name is going to be mocked I do think of that too. Yeah, I thought of that. I when think I was of growing that. up. So when my wife would throw out names, I'd be like, "Eh, I'd call him this." Yeah. Be like, "I, I can't have my kid being that's called a, that." That's a factor. It is. It is. You know. So. So I, if anyone has any, you know, good suggestions. Okay. I don't know comments or or whatever. Write them up, community. He wants some comments. He wants some names down in the. So in addition to naming the attic, you know, a, another name for the for the the space. Uh, we want some some boy names for Corey and his wife. And if they're good, I'll fight my wife for it 
tell you what, but hey, don't be mad if like you you say your name and be like, well, he took it. Like a lot of people do that. It's, it's not cool. Oh, so like if they have a favorite name yeah. and then you use it and then they're like, I there can't be another person on the planet that, named John. That was my name, but I was going <sighs> to name my kid. All right. If you are very possessive of, of your baby name, your dream baby name, yeah. don't don't suggest it in the comments because they might take it. But I, I do need some names that I need to suggest to my wife to say, hey, these are some good names. Because right now it sounds like all you're doing is just naysaying. You're just yeah. poo-pooing every name that she comes up I'm with. Just, and she's like, well, what do you got? And you're like, I don't know. Exactly. Can't That's, be basic. I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm more of like the negative, like, you know, put down currently. And I need to build up. So you're I need, one of those guys that like see all the problems yes. with what's suggested, but you don't come with any solutions. That's that's where we're at. <laughs> okay. Well, let's help them out, folks. Uh, before you go, uh, we have a segment of the show that we like to call Don't Judge Me. Okay. okay. So I'm going to give you a bunch of either or options, and you're just going to tell us which you prefer. No need to overthink it. No need to explain it. Just whatever comes to mind. Super simple, super fast. And remember, no one's going to judge you. Okay. Okay. You ready? Here we go. Spicy or mild? Mild. Water or soda? Water. Country or pop? Oh, he hesitates. Ooh, ooh. Uh, yeah, probably country. Okay. Cats or dogs? Cats. Summer. <laughs> that was, that's such a, like, uh, you know, controversial question there. Summer or winter? Summer. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Football or basketball? Basketball. Indoor or outdoor? Outdoor. TV or movies? Movies. Uh, Jim and Pam or Dwight and Angela? Dwight and Angela? You hesitated. <laughs> I didn't hesitate. You're the one that like, I said Jim and Pam or Dwight and Angela. Dwight and Angela. Oh, that was your answer? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. I thought you, the way you said it, oh. it there was like a Dwight and Angela? Dwight's just too good. Okay, this deserves an explanation. Dwight's okay. just the man. <laughs> Jim's cool too, but Dwight's just a champion. The, the, I w that's my bad for hesitating. I was thrown off because you were like Dwight and Angela. Like you oh, didn't like quite question. know what I was talking about. Right. And okay, sounds good. Okay, so Dwight and Angela. There we go. Um, bachelor or bachelorette? Ooh, that's a tough one. Probably bachelorette. A little more, a little more drama with the the pride. Yeah. Um, bath or shower? Shower. Uh, pedicure or manicure? Ooh, pedicure. Um, flowers or chocolate? Flowers. Pizza or burgers? Pizza. Does pineapple belong on pizzas? Of course it does. There you go. That's you. You survived the uh, the first ever round of uh, don't judge me. That's another thing, people listening, if you want to like give us some more like either ors that you think would be interesting to hear people uh, comment on. Interesting side note, on the Jim, Pamela, uh, Dwight, Angela, if the people were too old and they didn't quite understand the office reference, I had like a friend's reference. We went back, like we, we were trying to like go back some different shows. So it's like, we'll ask the first one like, oh, you clearly don't know what I'm talking about. Let me ask another one. <laughs> well, what's the friend's one? Uh, Ross and Rachel or Chandler and Monica. Jeez, probably Chandler and Monica. Mm. I, I, from a couple's standpoint, 
feels like their relationship was much more stable. Yeah. Had more of a chance to like go the long, the distance. And speaking of Ross, like I can't get past, like he may have been like all cool and friends, but once I saw him in band of brothers, I can't see him any differently. Right. Than whoever that guy oh, was in band of brothers. Yeah. I haven't even seen it. Thank goodness. You're glad you haven't seen it because you like Ross? It, well, I just, it, or, friends is friends, you know, like Ross is, Joey's obviously the best. Like, let's be Forget about it. Yeah, let's be real. <laughs> but uh, no. How like, you doing? I, I, I like friends. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to see it and be like, well, oh, Band of Brothers. Here's the thing. I still like friends too. And it doesn't, Band of Brothers doesn't ruin friends. But like, and I've always, my wife always says like, oh, he's such a good actor if you can like hate his character. And I'm like, well, I don't think he's that great an actor, but I sure hate him in this. <laughs> I don't think of anyone from Friends and think like actor. Right. <laughs> anyway. All right. Too much. That's the show. Uh, Corey, thanks for coming in. Uh, it's been really good chatting with you. I, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, this series. How what did you how'd you think this went? I think it went well. Yeah, uh, it was it was comfortable. Mike, you do a great job hosting my. My pal Austin also did a bang-up job. Well, let's go back for a second. Did you guys hear what he said about the host? How good? Cam didn't hear that. Oh. Cam, listen up real quick. What were you saying? I was just saying, Cam and Austin, you guys do Wait. a great job. <laughs> Wait a second. What? That's, what <laughs> that's all Cam heard. That's all he's going to remind me of. Uh, all right. Well, we'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode of In the House. If you want to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. See ya.